Hey, Advisorist Nation, you're listening to the Advisorist Podcast, the most loved podcast for insurance and financial advisors worldwide that want to grow faster, increase commissions, and build a lifestyle you love. London to New York, Montreal to Munich, Austin to Australia. Shut down distractions, get focused, grab your notepad. It's time for Advisorist. Let's do this. Hi, this is Jeremiah Demre, founder of Advisorist, and it gives me great pleasure and really it's an incredible honor to introduce to you one of the hosts of the Advisorist podcast, Michael Levin. Michael is not only a personal friend, but he's one of the most established ghostwriters in the nation and a New York Times best-selling author who's written, co-written, or ghostwritten over 550 books, hundreds of them in the financial services arena, of which 18 are national bestsellers. There's, you would be hard-pressed to find somebody that hasn't been in more outlets than Michael. He's been on Shark Tank, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Politico, the LA Times, the Boston Globe, Writer's Digest, CBS News. I mean, the guy has even had his work optioned and made for film by Steven Soderbergh of Paramount, HBO, Disney, ABC, Frank Perry, and so many more. He ghost wrote, for some of the biggest names in sports and business, including Dave Winfield, Pat Summerall, Howard Bragman, former Schwab CEO David Potrick, marketing legend Jay Abraham, NBA star Doug Christie, and the list goes on and on and on. And as the host of All Eyes on You, Michael will bring his unique blend of insights and wisdom as it relates to using books to get to the level of your dreams that you've always desired. They are one of the most powerful introduction tools that financial advisors and insurance agents can use today. I know when I got my book written, oh my, did the doors open up. And so that's why I'm so excited to have Michael hosting All Eyes on You as part of the Advisorist Network. Michael, take it away, my friend. And hello, it's Michael Levin, and my guest today is John Lee Dumas. And I'm honored and excited to have him because he has the podcast that is the most successful, the most admired in the business world, and that is, of course, Entrepreneur on Fire. You, you can't miss it. You open up any book on business, and uh, they cite him as the most successful person, not just in financial terms or in numbers terms, but because of the fact that he helps so many millions of people live their dreams as he is living his. His website is E-O-F-I-R-E, E for E for Entrepreneur, O for on fireforfire.com, eofire.com. John, welcome to the podcast and thank you for being here. Well, Michael, I am fired up to be here. Thanks for that lovely intro and I can't wait to mix it up. Okay. Well, so the, the short of it is, first of all, I want to thank you for your military service. You were for 13 months at, uh, a, a tank commander in Iraq. Is that correct? That is true. Four tanks, 16 men, 13 months, right outside of Fallujah, Aramadi, and Habaniya, and pretty intense time for a 23-year-old. And what did you? And, and what sort of leadership skills did you come away with, or, or what was the what was the big takeaway for you from that experience? 
I'd say the big takeaway would be perspective. I see so many people whining and moaning and complaining about something stupid. And I find myself (laughs) doing that from time to time as well. I am a human being after all. And I'm trying and able to most of the time to take myself back to when I really had something to complain about, which was like trying to survive day to day in a war. And that perspective has really helped me, you know, just not overstressed about things that shouldn't be overstressed about and not to just get overwhelmed or any of these different things that I see really let people take them down because stress is such a negative. It's so negative for your health. It's so negative for your sleep. It's so negative for you as a human being. That If you can just release that stress by just stop over worrying about every little thing in the world, you're going to be a lot better off. And again, I'm far from perfect. I whine, I complain, I moan and groan about this and that, but perspective was a huge takeaway for me. And it's really served me well for the past 16 years now. Well, let's take off a look at the first few years after the military and tell me how your uh, avoiding stress went, because there were a series of essentially misfires in your career, if I may say so, trying law school, trying real estate in San Diego in, in 2008, just as the market's crashing and so on. So there, there were, you found a bunch of stuff that you realized you did not want to do. Is that correct? Total misfires, just things that I was clueless about. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I said, hey, let's go to law school. Huge mistake. Oh, let's go to corporate finance. Big mistake. I just kept trying these things, really chasing success each and every step of the way. And every one of them just turned out to be a really wrong turn in life. But, you know, a turn that you can learn from. And it really wasn't until I got into my early 30s that I saw a quote by Albert Einstein that kind of clicked for me, which was, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And I was just like, well, I've been just chasing success my whole life. I'm not successful. I'm not happy. So this value thing might be worthwhile checking out. And that's when I said, let's launch a daily podcast giving free value to the world every single day. And let's see how it goes. Well, that's what I stressed in the introduction, that the success you enjoy is uh, primarily due to the fact that you serve so many people and you give so many brilliant ideas to so many people. And that's so the question becomes, how exactly did you go about launching the podcast? So the podcast for me was filling a void that I saw in the world. I was that person who loved listening to podcasts. I heard about podcasting, the medium I got it right away. It clicked. I understood it. I saw that free, valuable, and targeted content was an amazing way to consume education and just knowledge in general. So I loved it. I loved it as a listener. And I soon saw some flaws that were within that platform, mostly that the shows that I loved the most were once a week or twice a month where I wanted more, higher quantity. And I said, well, what if I podcasted? And I said, okay, well, if I podcasted, I'll be really bad because I've never done it before. Okay, well, how do you get good at something? Well, I'm an athlete and I know that you got to put in the reps to get good at something. End of story period. Most people are just so silly about how they approach things. They're like, I'm not going to be good at that. So I'm not even going to try. Well, of course you're not going to be good at it because you've never tried. So I knew I wouldn't be a good podcaster, but how do I get good? I put in the reps. How do I put in the reps? By doing one every single day. So I said, 
let's be bad early and get good as quickly as possible. And that's by putting in the work, putting in the reps, actually doing the thing that I want to get good at. So I launched a daily podcast back in 2012. And as you and I are talking, you know, almost seven years later, I have over 2000 episodes under my belt. And how did you find your audience? My audience found me. And that's kind of one of the things that I love about podcasting is there's these massive directories that are out there. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And they're just these directories that are like, hey, we're a directory. Come and post your stuff here. We will show it to the world. We are a storefront. Come put your stuff in the storefront window. And if you create good content, hopefully getting better, and you are actually focusing on delivering value that's a real solution to real problems, your audience finds you. Now, of course, there's a lot of ways that you can get out and grow your audience by actually being an active manager in that area. But for me, it was really one more one of those things of, if you build it, they will come. I built the first ever daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. There was a need in the marketplace for it. So people found it. And even though it wasn't good, guess what? It was the best because it was the only, it was also the worst. And that's the <laughs> void that I filled. And that's how I got the momentum going. Now, a lot of the people who are listening to this may not be aware of just how successful you are and may I quote your December 2018 income from your website? Sure. $171,068. And that's not a misprint, is it? That's correct. That's to the penny. And that's one month. One month. And how many hours did you work in December 2018? So I'd say I average between five to eight hours per day of work. And that's six, sometimes seven days a week. I don't look at weekends like, oh my God, it's the weekend. It's like, no, it's another day that I can work with less distraction. So I'm pretty much working six, sometimes seven days a week. Five to eight hours is a good range of what I do. There are definitely days where I'm just like, okay, I'm putting all the crap on one or two days of the month. So that might be a 12 or 14 hour day, but those are limited to one or two days per month. So typically five to eight hours. So if I'm doing the math quickly in my head, it sounds like it's about 12 to 13 or $14,000 an hour. Does that sound about right? Um, I don't know because I can't do math in my head, so maybe. <laughs> well, I, I can do math in my head, but I don't know how to make 171,000 well, let me just do So let's just month, say an so. average of seven hours a day. I'll multiply it by 30, so that's 210. 171,000 divided by 210 is it's $814 an hour. Okay, so I was a little bit off, but I think it's still... I think it's higher than that, but I'm not going to push it. No, it probably is. I'm probably doing the math wrong. I'm just yeah, using my I, iPhone. I, 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 I think, yeah, I think, I think you're missing a zero there, and I'm not being <laughs> I'm, I'm not being disrespectful. What I'm trying to do is is, uh, is 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 have the listeners understand that John is someone who knows how to get ideas across and how to how to sell what he offers. And a lot of the folks listening to this may not be thinking podcast, although they may be thinking about it now uh, when they hear w- what you're doing. But they are in a position where they're working hard. They've got the goods. They, they, they are putting the hours in and they've got the knowledge base and the experience. And the stumbling block is that essentially they were where you were when the podcast was fairly new, which is to say they've got the goods, they've got what they have to offer uh, professionally, but they aren't quite sure how they get the word out. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. So what's your message to them? My message is this. 
I think a lot of people don't spend nearly enough time sitting down and saying, what makes me happy? Because guess what? Making $171,000 a month may not make you happy. You know, making $17,000 per month, but doing something that you really love doing in a place you really love doing it could make you really, really happy. So why don't you first define what makes you happy? Why don't you first define what is your version of success and then back plan from there. Back plan from there and try to set up a plan of action to get there step by step, day by day, month by month, year by year. And over time, you'll get closer to that goal. I'm not saying you're going to accomplish it, but you'll at least be getting closer because you'll be actively working towards it. It just you know fascinates me how few people set real tangible goals targets, aspirations, dreams, definitions of, again, success, happiness. What does it mean to you? So you're saying don't start with the financial goals. Instead, start with what makes you happy. And that's yeah, because your key. financial goals, you might hit them, but if you're hitting them, commuting four hours into downtown New York City and you know sweating all day on a trading floor with people you hate and then driving three and a half hours back and never seeing your kids, then is that financial goal that you hit really worthwhile? Probably not. What you're saying reminds me of something that Tony Robbins, who's been a guest on Entrepreneur on Fire, talks about, that people don't distinguish between means goals and ends goals. And they say, I want to get a million dollars. Well, Tony says, that's a means goal. That's just a means towards something else, which is actually a feeling. How you want to, How do you think that's going to make you feel? So what Tony is saying is that the ends goals are the feelings that you ought to be pursuing and then the means goals are the ways by which you reach those end goals. Does that make sense? I like it. So what I hear you saying is that that people are basically doing what Tony says. They're, 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 they're putting their means goals ahead of their ends goals. And they're hoping that if they make that million dollars or whatever that, that, that financial uh, goal is, or buy that car, or buy that boat or whatever then at that point, they'll magically be happy. And you're saying, no, focus on happiness first. Is that correct? Totally, because I can remember so clearly back when I was a corporate stooge and <laughs> I was trying to like figure my way through corporate America, there was this cartoon that kind of stuck out to me. And it was basically of this woman that was climbing this ladder and she gets to the top of the ladder, she peeks over the wall and she's like, I've been climbing this ladder my entire career. Now I just realized it's leaned against the wrong wall. And I was just like, whoa, like I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm just climbing a ladder. I don't even know why or what ladder or what wall I'm climbing this ladder on right now. I don't even get it. Let's take a step back and let's say, like, what am I really looking for out of these, you know, precious few moments in time I have called life? John, I have a feeling that a lot of the listeners have never really stopped in a long time to think about what makes them happy. Is that your experience with folks you meet? 100%. What do you tell them? Tell them to start doing it. Starting to sit down and identify what your definition of happiness is. What is your definition of success? I've created now three journals to try to help people do that. The Freedom Journal is all about accomplishing one goal in 100 days. Because I know that if you follow my process, you'll accomplish a meaningful goal in 100 days. A goal that you otherwise would just kind of have in your mind flittering around for years. But through my system of just waking up every morning and making one step, one progression towards that end goal of 100 days, 
you're going to accomplish it, period, end of story. And obviously things like this do strike a nerve because I launched that idea, that concept of a journal on Kickstarter back in 2016. And in 33 days, it raised $453,000. This is for a $35 journal. So you can do the math on as far as, you know, how many people are like, yes, I want and need this. And since then I've launched the mastery journal to similar success. And now the podcast journal, because I know that if people get intentional about what they want to accomplish in life, it's going to have a lot higher chance of reality than just waking up and following in the same footsteps of the day before. John, you were kind enough to send me the podcast journal, and I can tell the listeners that it's fantastic and that I highly recommend it and the Freedom Journal and Mastery Journal as well. And I'm not here to sell your service. You don't need me to do that. You're doing uh, well enough on your own without me, but I just want to let folks know that that what you offer is clarity and focus. Is that correct? That's the goal every day. How did you realize that clarity and focus were so important? Because I spent six years that we briefly talked about earlier with no clarity and no focus, and I saw where it got me. It literally got me no further ahead than where I was six years prior. Like I literally looked at myself at 32 years old and said, I'm in the same position, like financially, career-wise, that I was at 26. I mean, that's six years ago. Like, what am I missing? And that's what I was missing. You were missing a sense of clarity or a sense of uh, purpose in terms of defining happiness or both? Both. So what did you do? Did you, but this is before you had your own Freedom Journal or Mastery Journal. How did you, how did you come to the realizations that you needed to find a new way? I started educating myself. I started reading some of the most highly ranked and rated and reviewed business books of the last hundred years. I started listening to the audio versions. I started tuning into these free podcasts, interviewing successful entrepreneurs and hearing what their thoughts and their processes and their paths to success were. And then I started applying some of them to my life and what worked, I kept. What didn't, I threw out. And I just kept emulating. And one book that I really enjoyed was called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson because it just talked about that specific concept of get one percent better every single day. And after a couple of days, you're like, I'm not any better, but you are, you're 2% better. And then after 40 days, you're 40% better. Like that's super meaningful. And then before you know it, you just become a new person. And that's the concept that I loved was that slight edge. John, I'm just thinking that someone might be listening cynically and saying, all these things worked for you. That's terrific. But why on earth do I think that any of this stuff is ever going to work for me? I actually disagree with you. I don't think anybody's listening cynically because I think anybody who's a cynic is not consuming this type of content. I think that they're watching Bachelorette or <laughs> The Real Housewives of Orange County, or they're just complaining with their buddy over a glass of red wine about how much they hate their job and their life. So I don't really think anybody's listening to this cynically. For me, I just recognize that People are drawn to what they want to become. And I was really desirous of becoming independent. That's financially, location, and lifestyle. And it didn't happen for me overnight, but launched my business back in 2012. Now I'm talking to you from Puerto Rico, where Kate and I have been for two and a half years, running a business that's generating seven figures a year in net profit. So I've got there one step at a time. And anybody that's listening can get to their version and their definition of happiness and success if they take it 
one step at a time. Have persistence, have patience, and make it happen. And again, their version of success maybe really should be making $4,200 per month in the town that they live in, you know, happily spending a ton of time with their kids and their family and their loved ones and actually doing things that they enjoy doing. That's can be a huge win and a huge victory and can really be a lot more happy than them essentially cashing in the next 10 years of their life for a financial goal that they really don't even want in the first place. You know, I have to say one word in favor of uh, the housewives programs. Uh, I just have to stand up for them, John. (laughs) Sure. Because sometimes I'll go to the gym if I want to watch the game and I'll just get on the treadmill. And sometimes, you know, football games, you know, a lot of three minute timeouts and you glance over at the other screen and it's, it just seems like a lot of really super successful people, you know, their makeup is perfect, their hair is perfect and they just look miserable. So it's just endlessly interesting. (laughs) You ought to try, you you know, you got some time on your hands. You might enjoy it when you have a day. Uh, but, I love it. But this has been fun. John, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I hope that our listeners will go to EOFIRE, Entrepreneur on Fire, EOFIRE.com. Check out your journals, check out the podcast. And it's very generous of you to uh, give us a little bit of your time. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Hey, Advisors Nation, are you ready to take your insurance or financial services practice to the next level? And are you prepared to fill your calendar with high quality appointments and bring so many leads that you get to pick and choose with whom you're going to work with? If yes, then be sure to check out Advisorist, a premium members-only community of insurance and financial advisors who are striving to excellence. Inside this community, you'll learn the strategies and tactics that most successful service providers are using, and you'll be able to implement them and see results faster than you ever thought was possible. Get all of the details here at advisorist.com forward slash membership. That's advisorist.com forward slash membership advisorist.com forward slash membership. We'll see you inside. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You could have all you ever wanted. Shoot the moon and reach for Mars. You know you could.